Welcome to Perspectives, a podcast by Essence Learning LLC, and a place where leaders learn from leaders. Let's join today's episode. Welcome, welcome back to uh, Essence Learning Perspective podcast. So excited to have this opportunity to bring this episode to you. I hope you've been joining us. been a part of our episodes, we've been bit, had some very good subjects. And today we have a returning visitor, uh, David Porter. And David's a friend of Essence Learning, and we're so happy that he's here with us. I'll give David a little space to talk about himself, to share a little bit more about himself. But today's episode is all about how to be that courageous leader. And I will open up by sharing that I remember David years and years ago when we were actually uh, in a boardroom meeting. And uh, we were talking about a, a project that we wanted to do. And there were some people who were against implementing this particular project, this initiative. And one of the reasons, you spoke up and he said, why, what's the problem? What, what are we, what's the resistance for? And someone said, it's just hard. And I remember you saying, and it resonates with me to this day, sitting back, so, so does that mean we don't do it? Because it's hard. I felt such courage at that point, you know, I thought, you know what, that, that's, that's what I need to, to implement. Just because it's hard doesn't mean that we don't do it. So the answer that we had to come up with in that boardroom was just because it's hard, you have to lean into it and be courageous and do it. And so that led, led me to understand what courageous leadership means, and that was years and years ago. And I want to talk a little bit more about that and kind of share and pivot from that. So welcome, David. Thank you, Valerie. Great to see you. Yeah, tell us a little always. bit about yourself. Uh, I'm uh, an executive coach and advisor uh, for the last five years, uh, and I started my own kind of one-person firm called David Porter Advisors. I work with organizations in, I guess, six industries right now, mainly with uh, CEOs, business owners, and their leadership teams, trying to uh, help them develop and build a courageous brand of leadership focused on communication, decision-making, and communicating at a different level. So it's been fun. It's, it, I, I sure gleaned a lot from you over the years, David. So tell me, what do you think, uh, describe a courageous leader? What are the characteristics and attributes of a courageous leader? Yeah, so I, I came up with about three years ago um, kind of six things that, that stood out for me, and we can, we can spend more time on yeah. that um, today, on how we demonstrate courageous leadership. So before I get into that list, I think just kind of as a, as an overarching point. I think courageous leaders show up as uh, authentic, as confident, as um, not, I don't use the word fearless around courage. Sometimes people come to me and say, well, are you saying we need to be fearless? I said, no, fear, you know, honestly, fear is very helpful, but it's okay to move through that. It's okay to understand that and you act in spite of it when there is a big enough why, when your purpose is big enough. And it's courage for me is showing up in a way that demonstrates to people you have their backs ultimately. And we can talk more about kind of six different ways that I think it does show up in an organization. I want to make sure we get to that yeah. because those, those things, um, uh, it's going to be important to all of us as we try to think about how do I show up courageously? Because you know, definitely it takes strength. 
Yes. To show up, you know that that fear is what makes us courageous, right. right? If it's without the fear, then it's right. not courageous. It's easy, it's easy right. right? So when you have that fear, that healthy fear to be courageous, it just takes either an emotional strength, uh, even sometimes a physical strength to, to kind of get up and go and face whatever it is that you're afraid of, or uh, social social courage. But you know, in today's environment, to speak up socially and all of that courage. So all of those different types of courage requires us to have different strength, mentally, physically, emotionally, uh, to, to kind of delve into that. Where do you uh, help leaders? How do you help leaders to tap into that, that strength? You know? I, I remind them, so uh, not too long ago, somebody said to me, you know, it sounds a little arrogant when you say you create courage in leaders. And I said, if I said that, I apologize. I don't create courage in any leader. It's already inside. What I try to do is make it safe for them to let it out. And that may be through some uh, role play and discussions and what would good look like if I were courageous in this situation. Um, if I wanted to make sure that I'm leading according to values, how would that show up? What are some examples of that? Um, we will actually go through and practice um, is, is a big piece of the way that we, we help that courage come out. And part of it also, an element of it is creating that psychological safety um, so that they feel like they can be vulnerable with, without, again, um, being penalized, if you will, for that courage. That's awesome. So I'm hearing, and as you're talking, I'm thinking in my role as a leader. Yes. If I and, and I know that we're talking about careers as leaders, but I think that definition that you just shared with us helps to expand it to leadership. So it's more of a competency. I tap into myself, the courage that I already have, right? And that gives me the strength. I you mentioned something earlier, having the passion towards that or the, the why. So you always have to have, you have to have that why as to why I want to be courageous. What's, what's in it for me? What's in it for them? What's the win? What's the purpose? Not just kind of walking in and speaking my mind because I have one, you know? Right. I just want to tell you what I think. Right. So is that courageous or is that not wise? You know? <laughs> that has a the answer is it depends. <laughs> I'm put some wisdom in there, there right? There's a situational awareness part to that. That's a great question. So making it safe, you talked about that, and, and I wanted to I have it here to talk to you more about it. What does that safety look like it, for me if I wanted to create that safety net for my, my, not the folks that come into my office and say, what you just said, I don't agree with, you know, um, or how that happened in that meeting, I, you know, I felt uncomfortable. How, how do I make it uh, an environment where courageous leadership uh, is, is free? You know, it's, it's not something that it happens every now and then. That is I, our culture. I think the, the biggest piece of it, and it's related to the safety piece, is for you to be vulnerable and explicit uh, about what kinds of behaviors are okay. Mm. And you demonstrating that lets people know to a great degree, if you're the leader, CEO in your case, um, if your behaviors are open and you're open to feedback and you're explicit with them and say, look, you can tell me anything and come up with your own rules. It may be, 
I really do want feedback from how, how this meeting just went, but I really appreciate it if that constructive feedback came to me privately, one-on-one, -on -one, rather than in a group of people, right? So you may say to them, uh, coach me, provide me your feedback privately. If you want to praise me, knock yourself out. We can talk about that publicly, right? But those, I think, by, I think clarity is power and clarity is kindness. So if you have an opportunity to share explicitly what good looks like and how you want to show up and would like them to show up, that keeps them from doing something that I did a good portion of my career until I realized I really was terrible at it, and that was mind reading. We sometimes ask our people to mind read and say, well, you should have known, right? And I hate the word should for a lot of reasons. I'm trying to excise it from everybody's vocabulary because it is a, when we talk about it with ourselves, it's a shame word. When we talk about it with other people, it leads to expectations that are almost always violated because other people haven't connected. So if you can be clear about what in your, in your actions as well as in your words, what good looks like at Essence Learning as an example, it helps people feel safer to come and provide that point of view. So, so creating that culture, David, that's great. Creating that culture for uh, courageous leadership to happen for all of my leaders across the organization. You're saying that I start at the top, right? That's right. That the person's got to yeah. say it and demonstrate it. Yeah. You set the tone. Yeah, set the tone. Communication is key, I'm hearing you say, that you know, it's one thing for me to act or, or in my mind, think that I'm saying it's okay for I'm being open, I ask for, but my words have to be giving you some guidelines, That's you right. know, so that you know when, you know, when it's safe and when it's not safe, if you do it as an open form, and all of a sudden I come across like, ah, and all of a you're like, well, you can tell me that I could do it in an open form. I love that you gave me those boundaries and those, those uh, guidelines that help make clear, the clarity around that. That's good. That's and, good. And may I make one more distinction Please. about that, and that is, this is about progress, not perfection. And it's an important point here because giving yourself and other people grace, you're not always going to get it right, right? So this notion of you may apologize for something, for the impact something had. I apologize, I'm gonna to try to do better. Stop talking, right? It's a really good, simple way to, a powerful way to apologize for the impact, not the intention. Because nobody knows what your intention is. They know what the impact was on them, that's what you're apologizing for. You can do that, that makes it safe as well, right? But understanding, people have challenged me on, what do you mean by try? I just want you to change your behavior. And, and try is, we're human. We are going to make mistakes sometimes. I'm gonna give, give each other the grace to say, look, I'm gonna fall short sometimes, even in trying to make this as safe as I can. And so recognize that and challenge me on it again preferably privately, <laughs> to point it out, or you know, yeah, however right, right, you want to set that, that guideline. That so balance. forgiveness and, and grace, I, I, I hear that as well. Yeah. So That's what right. are some barriers then to courageous leadership? You know, those are, those are real good uh, ways to be courageous. But what are some of the barriers that aren't One of the, I think one of the biggest barriers, um, especially in an organizational Every organization has a collection of behaviors and accepted norms that make up its culture, right? And I think one of the biggest behavior, one of the biggest barriers to being courageous is that you don't need to be courageous if everything is status quo and everybody's agreeing. Right. Those situations come up when people aren't agreeing, when it may not feel safe for you to push through that. 
ultimately. And I, and I think that piece stops people in their tracks. It keeps us, it forces us to go into silence versus expressing our point of view. Again, motive matters here, our point of view with the intention of helping the team, helping the people in the room do something or get better at something. That kind of hints to why this podcast is called Perspectives, because that's probably, if I had to pick a favorite word, yes. uh, Perspectives would be definitely one of those. And the idea that we're here for a reason, not to necessarily say, I agree. It's, I really, if you do, great. But if you have a different perspective, we definitely want to hear that. Um, and that's courageous oftentimes because if you have a different perspective than 90% of the folks in the room, you're, you're starting to sit there and doubt, right? That's right. Am I, what, and do I, um, particularly if it's a social uh, or an intellectual, right. I shouldn't say that, it could be an emotional uh, uh, difference that, you know, you're sitting in that room and you think, well, maybe it's me. So by the time you third guess yourself, yeah, you, you know, can gaslight yourself, right? You're sitting and telling yourself <laughs> stories, and yeah, you end up not speaking up. That's definitely right? been my area for being courageous. Fair know. enough, and, and I think oftentimes there's not a reward in that moment for being courageous, right? Gotcha. In fact, it could be yeah. the opposite sometimes. Now, the people may respect you, but you're not going to necessarily get a standing ovation mm -hmm. as a result of that. Um, so, say you step in because a, a boss or somebody with more power in that room is berating an employee and you step in to try to deflect that in that moment. It may not make that boss happy, but it will definitely build the trustworthiness factor in you of everybody else in that room. So like Valerie had our backs there. That's huge. And that's what that kind of behavior, those moments of truth, changes cultures. Yeah. Awesome. And also helps me sleep at night, right? That's because exactly you right. See that. You exactly. see that happening. That's exactly you sit right. There going, Where was my moral courage? You know, I just sat there and now part of the whole yeah. whole scenario. Good, good, good conversation. Thank you, David. Sure. What are those six things you? I think before we, our, our time yeah. is up, I want so, to make sure we get time to go through yeah, those. Yeah. So, six so characteristics. a few things here, right? So number one, and these I, I built these in order in my and again, this is anecdotal. It's my experience. I've tested this in my own leadership as I continue to grow as a leader, but also with my clients. Um, number one is raise your standards, right? Set goals that stretch your imagination and abilities and create an environment of possibility. Learning and growth happens for us when we are stretched. People like me, folks that, you know, the, the, this podcast, the learning that we do is kind of in the 30%. It's an important part of our development, but it's in those stretch assignments, actually doing the work, <laughs> is when we really have the significant growth, right? So raising standards in, uh, it helps us um, deliver a, a higher productivity. It helps us show up in a way that is constantly improving, right? It's that notion of if we get 1% better every day, in round numbers, I'm a CPA by training, forgive me, but in round numbers in 70 days, you're twice as good. It's incremental improvement and in raising that, that standard. And we'll get to something else, which is role model behavior toward the end, but that's one of the things. The second is do the right thing, right? Stand up to behavior that violates your values and gut instincts. Force trust when taking action isn't popular or easy. Again, doing the right thing is easy when you're not being challenged. But I've had more than one occasion in my career 
to sit with a, a CEO and make a decision on behalf of the organization by pointing at the wall and saying, Is these, are these real for us or are they not, right? It wasn't necessarily an easy conversation, but the reality is we ended up doing the right thing as a result of that. And it's those moments of truth when it's difficult that actually matter, that's, that's courageous. Um, use respectful straight talk. So for me, uh, being respectful and direct are a winning combination. So this notion of favoring plain talk over management speak, of sensitively handling performance issues, we use the example of, you wanna praise somebody, knock yourself out, do it in, in, a, in a public setting. But if you have constructive criticism, do it privately. It's not about, shame didn't change anything. Socially, politically, geopolitically, uh, in leadership, shame doesn't work, right? Um, the, 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 you know, the, the research has been done, exactly. Display vulnerability. Uh, people like Brene Brown talk extensively and write extensively and research extensively on this. Increase your trustworthiness by showing people who are human like them. Ask questions for understanding and clarity. One of the most powerful things we can do to build trust in a room full of people is to say, I don't know, but I'll find out. And people say, well, how, how does that improve your you know, credibility, your confidence in that? It lets people know you don't have all the darn answers, right? And you're learning along with them. It's so hard for leaders. It is. it is. And why? Again, we spent some number of years, our formative years, being graded, scored, compared, yeah. et cetera. We come out into the workforce, and we are still in that competitive, comparative environment, rather than you know, this notion that a big group of people, especially with complex issues, are in a better position because of their diverse points of view, experience, et cetera, to come up with a better answer for us. Um, fifth one is take a committed stand. If you believe in something that serves the organization and its people, again, motive always matters in leadership. It's your job to share it no matter the short-term consequences. People follow leaders who believe in something, period, right? Yeah. And, and, and so that piece, and that's not about, to your earlier point, about not being able to read the room and saying, this is on my mind, I'm gonna share it in front of everybody no matter what and all that, that's not what I'm saying there. But the reality is, if you believe in something, you have a teachable point of view. In my, my view, if you believe it helps the organization and the team, it's important to share. And then finally, and all of these kind of culminate here, is become a role model for excellence, right? We are, as leaders, how we consistently show up. It's our consistent actions and behaviors that demonstrate to people, not just our words. Words mean something, but there's an old saying that I can't hear what you're saying because your actions speak so much louder than your words. Um, so again, setting the standard by leading by your values, your organization's values, and role modeling those is I think the path to courageous uh, I hope everyone had a chance to actually take notes on what you just said, David. So those are um, six tips that not just help us to um, conceptually know about it, you know, because you gave us things that are actionable yes. right here. And so when you I tell so. me to raise my standards, my mind started going to what are my standards, first of all? You know, what are the things that I stand for what, you know, and am I resting on my laurels? Am I being relevant? Um, 
am I doing, making those incremental improvements that you were talking about? So raising my standards first makes me work to do the work to understand that I, I have, what are they? And are, am, are, am I communicating those? Um, and then what are the incremental improvements? And then doing the right thing seems like a pretty uh, common, you know, yeah. we, we, we should know that. As, right. And you don't want me to use the word should, so now we got me <laughs> hitting that, into that sensitivity button when I hear it, I'm like, oh, I'm getting it's okay. there. That it's was, okay. Progress, not yeah, perfection, right. remember? But yeah. you see, now I notice, right? Do the right thing. Good job noticing. <laughs> Seems to be kind of common. What, what makes that a challenge for people, for leaders, uh, around doing the right thing? I assume that all of us want to do the right thing. Well, because sometimes in organizations, uh, decisions are made based on expediency. Uh, an organization might be uh, hyper-focused on quarterly performance results, profitability, um, et cetera. And sometimes we can, I think humans can, unfortunately, we can rationalize almost any behavior. And so we may take shortcuts or we may do something that we, we, we retrade with our employees about bonuses. We don't follow through those kinds of things. And somebody stands up and says, you know what? That is not, this does not respect our value of integrity or teamwork or whatever to retrade on bonuses. We made a promise, either we're people of our word or not. Well, that's easier said than done when you have a, a group of executives who are bonused on a certain way or who are, their jobs are depending upon it, right? The stakes are high. That's what makes it difficult in a moment to do the right thing, right? Ultimately, you might get there, but I'll be honest, I've worked for organizations where we didn't get there. In more and more cases, that, 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 that brings a lot of clarity to to doing the right thing. You know, yeah. in terms of the consistency that you talked about earlier, making sure that we're consistent in our behaviors also speaks as to rather. So it's do the right thing when it's easy to do the right, right thing versus doing the right thing in that moment where you have to make that decision. But being respectful and that straight talk, I'm probably one of those people that um, use that straight talk. You know, I, yes. I am a straight shooter. Um, and I like to have it back to me that way. So when you kind of go around and, and what are we talking about, I can give it to the straight so I can understand. But using it respectfully, um, I think that is a skill that people who like straight talk can tap into. And so I think if, if, we're, if, if there's listeners out there who say, you know, I like it straight, um, you probably need to make sure that you put that respect in there because oftentimes it's not wise. I, I added it very intentionally yes, because the reality is telling people exactly what you think in the moment, that's, that's not kind. And ultimately, uh, this particular one has to be coupled, I think, with care, which is a, which is a, and, and kindness, I agree. But, but do, does, if you're giving me straight talk, respectful straight talk, and I think, again, you care about me. I'm going to give you a whole lot more latitude than if I think you're trying to shame me, blame me, or, or it's really about your, your and agenda. And I mean, motive 100% of the time matters in leadership. Matters, period. But in leadership, motive matters. Right? Is it about me and being self-aggrandizing, or is it about others and trying to make this team and this organization as strong and as good as we can make it? I, I, I certainly appreciate you sharing that, David, and I, I know that 
you know, when you're sitting in front of a, an executive um, and you're sharing these six steps with them and you're sharing with them how to become that courageous leader, it takes a lot for them just to, for me to, to hear that. Right. But then to understand how am I going to make sure that I create that environment as well. So um, being that role model for excellence, that was your number six, and I need to kind of cumulate all of that. So yeah. I've got to do all of those five things in order to role model that, in order to be that effective leader, that courageous leader. Um, and you know, the things that, as I think about uh, being a courageous leader, I, you know, I tap into all of the different ways that I need to show courage. I need to show it emotionally. I need to show it um, socially. I need to be able to show it intelligently. I need to be able to think through um, how it's impacting other people. I need to be able to have the information that's relevant, data that's, that, that makes sense, that I'm not just making people, trying to you know, have people do things. So being courageous means you have to be more than just um, able to articulate and to develop. You've got to be able to have good information. You've got to be able to uh, learn, be willing to learn new and advancing so yes. all of those abilities in the face uh, I, I oftentimes sit at a table and think these people know more than I do that that's very courage I don't want to speak up on that um, so how do I help me remain humble and, and in that space of listening to people and getting perspectives yet uh, have the courage to step in the space and say what you just said, I don't know all the answers, but I need you to follow me anyway. I don't have all of the, um, the, the information that we need to, to, to reach the goal X, Y, and Z, but I need you to follow me anyway. How does that, um, how does that sound to the people that are following? Well, you know, how does that resonate for me, the, the, the best leaders that I've uh, been privileged to work with and for had a level of vulnerability and humility that uh, allowed me to trust them more. Um, some, some leaders, uh, I don't know how widespread this is, but I'll, I'll say it this way. Um, I think this, this notion that some leaders walk around with that, well, I'm now the, the C something, right? The senior vice president, the vice president, they, they put me in this position to have the answers to solve problems, but to have the answers. I promise you, almost nobody in the room thinks you know as much as you do about a particular topic, right? They don't expect us to have all the answers. They expect us to be human, and they're looking for signs that we are, and I think that vulnerability opens us up to build trust. We take that risk with them. People appreciate that, and I think you, in your own experience, you can look around and say the people that you've respected They've been open about, you know, how, how imperfect they are. Yeah. Right. So I've learned actually, you know, to that, you know, I kind of gone through that exercise in my head. I learned that uh, that vulnerability is counterintuitive, right? Because as a leader, you know, I need to ask, I need to, everybody needs to, I need to be able to set direction, I need to be able to have people follow me. So it's counterintuitive to be that vulnerable, but it does take. So that's the fear, you know, that's overcoming that fear that I may be seen as that having all the answers. That's why it's courage, right. courageous right. to be vulnerable. And so when I flip that script in my head, it's like, you have to have the courage to be vulnerable here. You're gonna have to step out and just say, I don't have the answers. Exactly. But we've gotta to get to X, Y, and Z. Right. So 
you, you've got some answers, and you've got some answers, and you've got a perspective, and I've got a, an opinion. Let's together move this thing forward. And so that vulnerability has definitely been, for me, where my courage has had to show up yeah, <laughs> to get through it and to get Thank you for sharing that. That's so I, um, this, these lessons, um, these podcasts have been so uh, informative. And David, thank you so much for spending time with us um, and, and all of our Essence viewers. Um, and I think that um, identifying not just what it takes for me to be a courageous leader, but how to create that environment for great courageous leadership within my organization. And I hope everyone took something away from that. How can, how can our viewers reach out to you, uh, David? What are some ways that they can come in contact with you? Yeah, my email is david at davidporteradvisors.com, and davidporteradvisors.com is my uh, website. And uh, I'm happy to talk to anybody about their leadership. So okay, so is this I'm not for organizations? Anything. Individuals can contact you Absolutely. as well? Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again. Um, we're going to go ahead and, and refer you back to SS Learning um, website www.essencelearning.net, where we hope that you can find a lot of more of these podcasts as well as some opportunities for training. Thank you for joining us. Talk with you guys soon. Thank you for joining Perspectives, a podcast by Essence Learning LLC. Essence Learning is your solution to personal and professional development. We partner with our clients to develop a learning strategy that will increase productivity, enhance performance, and align with their purpose and goals. For more information visit us online at essencelearning.net or call us at 1-877-657-5755.